Welcome to episode 35 of Have a Blessed Gay, your spiritual comedy podcast. I'm your holy host, Tyler Martin. Had it duty. <laughs> duty. Little sweet baby angels, we're gonna get a little nasty in this episode, because we're talking about Tantra. And we're gonna get into tantric sex. It's something I've actually wanted to cover on here for a while, so I am happy to finally get on it. Pun intended. However, first, after last episode, I thought we all needed a break from speaking about Christianity. But just in true Christian form, they couldn't handle not being talked about. The Vatican was like, Nah-uh-uh-uh-oh, up front and center, baby! For those who did not hear, the Vatican released an official statement yesterday, March 15th, regarding same-sex unions, a decree approved by Pope Francis. In short, they said they will not bless same-sex unions, stating the blessing of homosexual unions cannot be considered licit. They went on to say that God does not and cannot bless sin. Aww. That just really warms my heart, you know? Like hot cocoa. Am I right? So, remember when I was a bit apprehensive about Pope Francis and his semi-LGBTQ positive statement late last year? I talked about it briefly in episode 27. And, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> not to say I was right, but... Okay, fine, maybe just a little bit, but it's it's only because I researched the history. This is not the first time Pope Francis has gone back on a statement like that. The decree gets into pretty gross, love the sinner, hate the sin bullshit, basically saying if you're gay and sexless, <laughs> you're doing awesome. Definitely check out episode 21, All Are Welcome, Not Really, How to Be Active in a Church That Doesn't Accept You, where I discuss the major problems with that ideology. It's just such a big slap in the face to any Catholic person. Well, any Catholic that is a good person and believes in human rights anyway. And sadly, a lot of people may think this statement is somewhat arbitrary or meaningless, but the Catholic Church still has quite the pull, y'all. These statements made yesterday will be used to persecute LGBTQ plus people and anyone who stands with them for years to come. A ton of people around the world believe in the Pope and his word, believe in the Vatican and their words, to guide them and help them through life. So a statement like this is equivalent to a statement from God. And that cannot be overstated. As much as we may want to roll our eyes and be like, oh, those wild Catholics over there, it's actually quite important and serious. What about all the youth, specifically the queer youth that are in the church right now? What a fucking shitty, terrifying message. What about the parents of those youth in the church right now? having to make decisions regarding their church versus their child. What a fucking shitty, terrifying message. The Pope and the Vatican are taunting people with God's love and approval. It makes me so 
frustrated. Because not only are they making these outrageous, uneducated, and bigoted statements, but they also don't feel the need to back it up with anything. With these statements, they are indirectly, and I would argue directly, causing even more pain and suffering to the LGBTQ plus community than they already have, and it is disgusting. And yeah, there's no great way to transition from that into Tantra, so <laughs> I'm not even going to try. I am just going to get into it. How about that? Tantra is not a drink size at Starbucks. That would be a Trenta. Just want to clear the air before we begin, okay? The term Tantra is essentially a systematic book text, theory, technique, or practice. Tantra traditions, Tantra books, stem from Hinduism and Buddhism that developed in India from the middle of the first millennium CE onward. But like any system, they have changed a great deal since they began. In Sanskrit, the word Tantra means woven together. So, how some people conceptualize Tantra, is the weaving together of the physical with the spiritual. Now, there are many ways this happens through various rituals and traditions, but one way most of us are familiar with, or at least have heard of, is tantric sex, which is the act of using sexual practices and energy toward reaching spirit. Sounds kind of fun, right? This ain't your grandma's spiritual practice. Or hell, maybe it was. Tantra's older than your grandma. I had the privilege to chat with the Tantra expert and teacher, Jason Tantra. Jason, who's from the UK, has been teaching Tantra practices for 16 years, y'all. He shares his gifts around the world, specifically with the queer male community with his app and network called Tantra for Gay Men. However, you did not have to be a gay man to get some fun takeaways from this conversation. We get into the history of Tantra and how we can use its practices, including tantric sex, to connect with spirit. So come on, you spiritual sluts, and let's get to it. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, the leading provider of online counseling. Y'all, the world is crazy and mental health is important. Some might even call it spiritual. I personally use BetterHelp myself and absolutely love what they're doing. BetterHelp makes professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient. So if you're struggling emotionally, battling anxiety, or you can't stop crying after an episode of Queer Eye, BetterHelp can be there for you anytime, anywhere. Go to my personal link at BetterHelp help.com slash blessed gay to check it out and get what 10% off the best part is you don't even have to leave your house they offer four ways to speak with a licensed counselor video calls phone calls real-time chat and direct messaging all counselors have been qualified and certified by their state's professional board in other words, you're not talking to a lobster dressed in human clothes. They're legit. All you gotta do is go to my link at betterhelp.com slash gay and begin the questionnaire to match you with a therapist who is uniquely qualified to serve your needs. How sexy. 
It's super duper easy and your match within 24 hours or less. BetterHelp has a monthly subscription rather than paying per session, which makes it cheaper. But if finances are still a concern, financial aid is available for those who qualify. Get counseling, improve your life, and help this podcast out in the process by going to betterhelp.com slash blessgay. Sign up today and get 10% off. That's betterhelp.com slash blessedgay. Jason Tantra, welcome to have a blessed gay. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me. Nice to be here, Tyler. I am excited to have you here and I just want to get into it. Tell us who you are and what the hell you do. Okay, well, um, my name is Jason or Jason Tantra and I'm a Tantra teacher and I've been teaching for about 16 years. Started predominantly in the UK and now branching across the USA and my work, would you believe, is being taught in Australia, across Europe, as well as the USA and UK. That's amazing. (laughs) When I say the word Tantra, which I'm sure I will be saying a lot in this conversation, Mm -hmm. I feel like my Southern accent just like gushes out of me. And I'm like, Tantra? Uh, Tantra? (laughs) So I sound like somebody off the crown when we say Tantra or Tantra. We kind of take take, take it down, Tantra. Whereas some Americans go Tantra. (laughs) (laughs) People are going to get the best of both worlds on this episode. And for people who may be unfamiliar, give us some background and some history on Tantra or Tantra, whatever you want to call it. What is it exactly and where does it come from? Well, so for me, there's like the old original Tantra. And there was this thing called Neo-Tantra that was born out of predominantly like the Osho movement and kind of exponentially grew as like psychotherapy was developing, all the experiments with LSD in that time in the 60s and 70s. Um, And also particularly the Osho ashram um, that was in India and then moved to Oregon must watch Wild Wild Country on Netflix if you haven't. Love it. But for me, what um, Osho was talking about or pointing to as a spiritual teacher, for me, he was one of the fathers of Tantra. And he and his um, therapists, his um, followers, created frameworks and ways to integrate modern psychotherapy, body-based breathwork, energy work, yoga, and many other different practices into this thing that makes up this thing called the body of Tantra, Neo-Tantra. Now, one of the um, one of the criticisms I get sometimes is, well, you know, how does that relate to the original Tantra? And isn't it, is it cultural appropriation and things like this? And, and for me, my point here, the original Tantra was like 5,000 years ago in um, India, in sort of like the north, northeast. And it was basically at that time, you could only have a spiritual practice if you were a monk, royalty, or a very high caste. And what controversially Tantra was doing at that time was it was challenging those rules with a big fuck you and saying, well, actually, spirituality should be available for everybody. And what Tantra was also doing was challenging you on places where you get stuck in your ego. So for example, they would have a ritual where they would hold a piece of meat for a week. 
and they were all vegetarians and you know that's how people lived so to hold a piece of meat brought up feelings of disgust brought up feelings of you know revulsion and really trying to get beyond the ego get beyond preference get beyond like what we do like for me we live in a world where we choose everything we like and we don't get we don't do what we don't like if you look at your social media, your social media algorithms, even your Netflix account are all aligned to give you everything that you want and everything that you like. And for me, from a spiritual perspective, that's not a great, that's not great. Because what you're going to be doing is living a very comfortable life that's, um, I guess, following the capitalist dream. And that's, you know, not necessarily a bad thing. That's another discussion. But you're living in a world where you're just getting what you like fed to you all the time. And in that way, from a spiritual perspective, you can't grow. You can't evolve. You can't deal with the things like revulsion, disgust. So for me where the original Tantra was and where Neo-Tantra is today is even though the practices that we're doing are different. So if I tried to run a workshop in Manhattan saying, come and hold a piece of meat for a week, probably <laughs> wouldn't sell that many tickets, but actually the intent- It depends what you mean by well, meat. Well, I, I hear you. <laughs> but, but for me, the, the intention's the same. The, the original Tantra and what the Neo-Tantra is doing now, even though the practices that we're doing are different, what we're aiming for is exactly the same and for me this sets in sits in two camps for me tantra is about opening you to the most mind fucking truth of orgasm of bliss of love and opening and realizing that truth and tantra is an embodied practice that it gives you those states you kind of once you've seen things there's no going back and the other thing that tantra does is it deals with all the crap that gets in the way of you realizing that. Body shame, poor self-esteem, judgments of others, judgments of yourself. And so what I've done in my body of work with my husband, Ingo, is we've kind of evolved this practice of Tantra into, and, and I'm a trained psychotherapist, so we've blended um, practices, we've changed practices to make them more modern and relevant. And so we are offering Tantra in a way that opens profound experiences of bliss. Like, sorry, I get passionate about this, but if you've ever seen yourself beyond your ego, there is no going back from that place. Once you get a glimpse of something that is beyond, I almost like look at my human existence and I'm just like, oh God, um, because, because <laughs> I know that there's a, something that's beyond that, that there's a more vibrant, juicy, blissful truth that is right here in front of us, but we get tripped up second to second by not being an access to that. And Tantra for me, is probably the best spiritual practice because it's not just getting you to sit in a cave and be all spiritual. It's actually about being in the here and now, being in the world and, and working through and trying to align and bring that truth into your day to day. I think that's really awesome. Something I have talked about on here multiple times is spiritual fluidity, which I think is essentially what you're kind of talking about using different practices, different methods on how to reach spirit and and really figuring out what works best for you and utilizing that. But I think that what you have done, and I think what we can all try to be aware of when trying to avoid appropriation, is 
knowing where it comes from, I, I feel like that's probably like one of the number one ways that people appropriate the shit out of things is that they, they take practices, they take looks and designs and ideas from people and they have no idea really where it comes from. They just saw it somewhere and they were like, yeah, I want to take mm, that. Mm. But, but how can we honor where it came from? And I kind of think that that really begins with just knowing the history. Mm. So like, you know, the history of Tantra, know the history of whatever you're using and make sure that you begin the process to honor that system or thing, whatever it is. Something that you also mentioned that I find really interesting is psychotherapy. Would you kind of dive into like what psychotherapy is exactly and then how that is used in your own practices of Tantra? Yes. So I'm trained. Well, the, and, and I just want to come back to this um, this appropriation part and weave into yeah. the next question because the, the original tantra and what tantra is about today is about controversy it's about controversy my job as a tantra teacher as i say to my students i come and rattle a cup up and down the bars of your prison cell of your life my job is to wake you up wake up and it's not that I know the answers. What I'm doing, though, is stirring things up so that you get more information and you can see your own truth. I can't tell you your truth. I can't tell you what's right for you. That isn't my job. What my job is to do is to give you enough potential for experiences and potential for th things to come up, triggered things to look at so that you can determine and find your own truth in that with what you're able to do in that moment and in that time and and how psychotherapy plays a part into this so ingo and i have developed this process called spiritual inquiry so if you imagine like you're in a tantra workshop or you're in any workshop people have like sharing circles Mm -hmm. What I've done and I teach to my um, teacher training students is developed a method of holding somebody in a, a state of inquiry to help them get to a deeper sense of truth. Now, what do I mean by that? So supposing you've just, I don't know, had this amazing experience in the morning and you're like, oh, my God, that's amazing. In Tantra, as a spiritual practice, that is not the point of learning. The experience is the experience. So if you imagine, I don't know, what's your favorite food, Tyler? Well, well let's go back to a favorite food that you had maybe three or four years ago. <gasps> oh my gosh, is this hard? <laughs> okay, um, the first thing that popped in my head was, I well, it hasn't been two or three years, I can go ahead and tell you that, but it, it, I believe I haven't had it since COVID and it would have been a while before COVID hit. So definitely over one year and that is, cotton candy it is one of my favorite things ever does that even count as a food though yeah well, it's sugar so you'll be yeah, fine sure i mean i don't know why, why not Legit, yeah you can just, just say cotton candy so my point being if you have your first cotton candy you're gonna love it it's gonna be amazing it's gonna set your tongue on fire you're gonna be screaming it's mm -hmm. ecstatic it's beautiful yes if you yes, then yes. If, if you then have your second one well that wasn't as good as your first one and if you then have your fifth one, you're like, you know, it's like, no more, no more. And so my point being is that the learning is not necessarily in the experience itself, but actually it's what sense you make of that afterwards. So, for example, mm. in this cotton candy, one of the things that, you know, different spiritual leaders talk about is about overcoming desire. And some spiritual practices talk about austerity. 
So some people, you know, silent meditation is the practice. Um, and, you know, um, you need to hide in a cave, shut yourself down, become silent. And that's one path that is, and that's a very valid path. It's been in Buddhism for thousands of years. That is a very valid path. But one of my arguments is, well, how can you give something up if you're still desiring it, if you still want it? And so one of the things I say to my students, go and have every single type of sex you possibly can. I want you to go to the cake shop of sex and <laughs> devour the counter. And I want you to go in the back room and I want you to have absolutely everything. Do it all until, until it's sore and drops off. OK, do everything. Pay for it, create <laughs> it, every permutation you can. Because only from that place of having done everything in your human experience, can you then work out what's still a value to you? I loved, loved smoking. And that, and that was, when I first started work, Tyler, I'll show you how old I am. <laughs> when I first started working in, in a bank, I worked in a bank when I was 17. I didn't go to, is it um, university or high school? Is it, what do you call college? That place you go after secondary college. education. Yeah. College. I, I went straight into straight into the bank and people were still smoking in the office at that point. And people would have a cigarette hanging in the corner of their mouth whilst they're sorting checks. <laughs> That's how when I started work. And the thing for me is I absolutely loved cigarettes, but I got I could only stop smoking when I had literally smoked myself to death and I was literally starting to have health, you know, the starting of health issues. And I had to get to take myself into a corner and have a chat with myself around, what are you doing here? What's going on? You're not fooling anybody. You're not fooling your parents anymore. That script has dropped away. And so I got to a point where I'd smoked enough. It just didn't, I didn't even enjoy it anymore. And it just then, well, it didn't fall away. It was hard work, but it, but the impetus to carry on was no longer there. And, and so this journey of truth that I talk about is one about totality. So I like advocate doing everything you can possibly think of and more. And also the other thing that Tantra was offering was about living in totality. Like the version of spirituality that they're talking about is a life full of abundance, full of love, full of joy, full of connection, full of all the things that open your heart, which is exactly the same as what the silent meditators are doing, but we're embodying it, we're doing it, we're living it in life. We're living it on a day-to-day, -day, not trying to hide that away in, in a little cave somewhere, becoming enlightened. What would you say your favorite tantric practice is? Well, my favorite practice, would you believe, is... So some of the things we do in Tantra, and I talked about um, in psychotherapy, there's like the transpersonal. And in my family, my sister's a medium, and I use a lot of mediumship energy in my work. So when I'm working with somebody in spiritual inquiry, I get an imprint of their soul in my system, in my body, in my energy, and I, I can feel what you're feeling. And often that's helpful for other people because I can feel the feelings they can't and I can start to name them that helps them make a connection and then be able to grow in awareness. My favorite practice as a teacher, we call it like a darshan ceremony. And it's basically the ability to channel bliss energy where people can get those glimpses of themselves beyond their ego. 
and as I said, there's something about waking up to that. There's something about um, there's something about having that experience that is like you can't put words to it. And we use sexual energy as the vehicle to get there. And we do lots of work to unravel people, let get people to let things go, learn how to become multi-orgasmic, moving energy up until it just explodes into this truth of, of who you are. That sounds fun. That's my favorite one. <laughs> well, speaking <laughs> of spirit, I'm so curious. Spirituality typically means something a little different depending on who you are talking to because it is really a personal thing. It's a personal relationship. So I I would love to hear your take on spirituality, especially considering your sister, who's a, a medium, knowing that kind of world and that kind of view. What do you consider spirituality to be? When you refer to someone's spirit, what are you referring to exactly? Are you able to put that into words? So for me... This idea of spirituality is about knowing truth and truth and love are one and the same thing in my in my world. And Tantra is a Buddhist practice, a Buddhist Hindu practice to enlightenment, towards awakening. And for me, the practice of spirituality is putting all the ingredients together to awaken, to become enlightened. And I don't mean that as something that you attain one day, a light switch is flipped. And there are many books and resources out there about what enlightenment is. Where I help people is your everyday Joe or people that are doing a spiritual practice that wanna go further in and believe that they wanna use their bodies and their sexual energy as vehicles for that. And I guess another way of describing it is I help people to live more joyful, more truthful, more abundant, more open lives. And that for me is the human experience, is our experience as humans. And there's also another layer on top of that where I talk about this awakening, where I talk about sitting in truth, sitting in this awakened being able to look at the world and, and, and see it for the truth of what it is. I don't know if any of that makes any sense. It gets very intangible when you try and describe things like that. I know. I think it's so difficult to put into words, but that was really, really great. And I just want to expand on what you brought up, which is using one's body to connect to spirit, because that is a lot of what you do. And I think culturally, really, that's Probably what most people think of when we think of Tantra or Tantric is Tantric sex. And I want to get into it with you because no, it's not just the Cosmopolitan article that's like uh, best 21 Tantric sex positions in 2021. <laughs> there is more to it. And something that I have heard you talk about multiple times outside of this is fusing sex and spirituality and that is something very fascinating to me and I would love to hear more about that what is tantric sex so one of my one of my questions I love to ask in one of my workshops is what is it you think about when you come and everybody looks at me like what do you mean and I was like what are you interesting what are you, what are you thinking about when you come and after a few minutes, we get to the point of what you're thinking. Well, let me ask you, what are you thinking about when you come? 
if you do come, Tyler. I'm making that assumption. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't call myself a professional or anything, but <laughs> um, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't know if I've really thought about it before, so I, I don't think I have an answer for you. So my lifeline to people, I throw them a lifeline. My lifeline is when you come, it's a moment where you're thinking about nothing. There's no thing, nothing. Mm, okay. If you think, you know, and, and maybe if you're lucky, if you're on your own or with another person or persons, you're maybe crying to God, oh God, oh God, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and crying at the top of your voice, hopefully. Okay. And that moment of orgasm, when that releases of... It, it's like there's this place of no thing. And if you think about what got you there, well, it was really pleasurable, really blissful, really intense, like spurge of like energy into this nothingness. Well, this nothingness is what every single spiritual practice is trying to achieve. If you look at silent meditators, they're trying to get into this place, please brain, please shut up. Like if any of you, um, if any of your listeners to this, have a um, a silent meditation practice. You spend ninety percent of it telling your brain to shut up, and then you might be able to get into something. Well, tantra kind of bypasses that in a very quick way. So, for example, when you get in, and this is just one example of many parts of tantra, but when you get into an orgasmic state, okay, when normally when men stimulate their sex, I think statistically they come within fifteen minutes. But if you made a choice not to come for, say, like two hours or two weeks and you were constantly driving up that sexual energy, actually it has the and with a few techniques of breath and sound and learning how to move that energy across your body, whilst also working on the stuff, you know, sexual shame. I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive. Um, worried about what other people look like. I don't fancy them. Once all of that's gone and you're in your pure sexual energy and you're in this orgasmic state, that for me is a spiritual experience. That's where people have profound experiences that are beyond how they know themselves operating on a, on a day-to-day level. So then when you come to tantric sex, well, if you then have two or more people that are doing that same thing together, I think I used this romantic term once about traveling through space, time and consciousness in a sexual energy. Like, have you ever had, okay, <laughs> have you ever had a giggle? <laughs> have you ever had that time where you've had a lover for a whole weekend and it was like the outside world just didn't exist? Have you ever had that experience? Yeah. It's that with bells and whistles on magnified even more. That, and, and it's like that is like the seed of kind of tantric sex. And then like, you know, if that was like making love or having sex over days, it didn't matter whether you came and you might have had dinner and that was as, as exotic. It was like all the same thing. It was like an energy. It was a consciousness. And tantra kind of creates that with bells and whistles on. It magnifies that experience. And why? Because that is a bigger truth of who we are than I think the day-to-day existence. And we're trying to bring this into our day-to-day life. What was your experience like when you first started Tantra? When I first walked into my Tantra workshop, I was like, I, I honestly thought people wanted to molest me, take from me, steal from me, abuse me, hurt me, not value me. 
And I looked at my first group and I was like, oh, fucking hell, I don't even fancy any of them. It's like, what's the point of being here? Um, and just all of this dejection and misery. And I have to tell you, it was one of the most loneliest places to be until I started testing and learning how to trust, how to let people touch me, how to claim back ownership of my own sensations in my body, regardless of who's touching me. Um, and that's a really big one, because I think a lot of men who love men carry this idea that I can only feel pleasure in my body, provided I fancy the person that's doing it. And, and we give ourselves away to that. And one of my um, one of my things that I feel can empower you is when you claim back responsibility for your own pleasure, when you're able to um, draw back um, and regardless of who's touching you, you can own your own pleasure. That is a hugely freeing experience. So for me, in, in my own journey with Tantra, um, a lot of what I'm teaching or what I'm helping people to, to, to discover, remember I said Tantra is one or two things, it's either this amazing experience or it's dealing with the crap that gets in the way. And, and Ingo and I work very deeply with people to do you know, both of those things. That's really interesting because that idea, that thought, I guess, really transcends almost anything that we have culturally, like gender, like race, like age, size, like, I mean, yes. like any ism like that. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Well, it's like, how far do you want to take that? So for me, you know, I and, and I have a lot of I don't knows. Um, I don't know how I would interact with some people. I do have some limits where, for example, I am a hundred percent gay boy and I don't think I could interact with a woman that identifies as a woman. But actually there's a huge unknown for me, for example, um, with our beautiful trans community of brothers and sisters in there. Um, and our work is available for all men who identify as men that love other men. Um, and some people may have some different genitals, you know, in that workshop. And But actually, when you then, like, get to think about it, actually what you may find attractive to some, you know, find attractive in another person may not necessarily be their genitals. So there's a lot of, un a lot of unknowns and a lot of we don't knows. And this one truth is that we're all different. <laughs> you know, what might be okay for me is not okay for somebody else. How do, how do we figure that out honestly? And this comes back to what I said at the beginning, that Tantra is about truth. And it's unashamedly about your truth and learning more truths as you go on. And that's just one embodied example of how you might, you know, discover truth. What would you say is the difference between tantric sex and just like regular conventional sex like like even giving you an example of like like let's say i like get on grinder right now and i am just wanting a hookup and i get on that i find someone i hook up like what what makes typically anyway because i guess it could be tantric uh, depending on the people but typically what would be the difference uh, or like a shift when thinking of sex as just like sex versus sex as like a spiritual practice, like within 
Tantra? So number one thing that pops up for me is intention. So if you meet somebody on Grindr, I, I do that, you know, just for research purposes, just to, so I can talk about oh, it. Oh, yeah, you have to study. You have to study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's like you want to get off, isn't it? That's kind of what you're, you're primarily looking to do. And that serves a purpose. You know, for me, I talk about Tantra and sex. Like um, sometimes you need a McDonald's. And sometimes you need a five-star Michelin-star meal, okay? <laughs> and also I say to people, like, people come in and like, oh, it's like, why are you looking in McDonald's for a five-star Michelin meal? You're never going to find it. You're looking in the wrong place. Stop looking in the wrong place for mm. what you want. And I also get people, people go, oh, I can't, I can't find a tantric lover. Okay, open up your grinder and read me out your profile. What does the advert say? Let's have a look and see what the advert says. Okay, well, <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, is that saying what it is exactly you're looking for? And they're like, well, no. I'm like, well, how on earth do you think we're going to get the people you want? Yeah. <laughs> but different, some differences are, and, and for me, there are, you know, people in Grindr that are talking about Tantra, that are talking about, and, and for me, the question's not Grindr or Tantra, the question's about what type of experiences do you want to have, and knowing that you have the freedom and places to create them in ways that we've never been able to before. Like this app that we have, our Tantra app, eight and a half thousand men from around the world, wasn't even a possibility two or three years ago. Technologies enabled that but also a, a swell movement of men who love men that are wanting different connections. And so what that might look like in sex is something that has a lot more connection, that is has a lot more time. So rather than being five minutes fucking and 10 minutes in the shower and gone, you might actually spend four hours together. Maybe there's, you know, if one of you knows a few techniques, maybe maybe you're not like doing like a Sean Cody porn film. Have you ever watched a Sean Cody porn film? Who hasn't? <laughs> but it's like they're, they're, they're fucking within 30 seconds. Um, I thought traditional porn films was you waited at least five minutes. You know, at least a pizza boy arrives, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the script writing is not necessarily top notch on Sean Cody. <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but is it meeting what you want? Yeah. And so Tantra, Tantric connections, Tantric sex is about an intention of having an experience beyond just wanting to get off. It's something much more expanded, much more... Um, fulfilling I think in, in some ways like if, if any of you, your listeners or whether you've ever had like a two-hour tantric massage where you're in an in a orgasmic state for like half an hour actually if you then just go and crack one off and jerk off that doesn't even touch the experience you had over there and there's something about knowing that there's more more potential and more experiences available those are a couple of the things I could as you can tell, no doubt, talk much more about that. <laughs> well, I want to hear why you specifically teach gay men, because historically speaking, the queer community has been left out of Tantra teachings until more recently, really. So I'm really curious, why specifically gay men for you? Why is that something that is important? And and what are your mm, hopes mm. for this work? Well, for me, you know, even the word gay, we're called Tantra for gay men, because when we started 16 years ago, that was the label that best fitted the community that we want to serve. 
and I know that between Ingo and I, and we're, we're like working through a process of checking in, is that name still valid? Does that need to change? What's the best way of communicating men who love men? And gay is still a very powerful known word. Um, and we're having that conversation that does that disclude people? Do people feel limited or not identify with that? And that's a good conversation for us to be having because we're clear on the community that, that we serve. Oh, by the way, you know, just to say that we have many men in our community that don't identify as gay. We have men that identify as bisexual, as trans, um, asexual, and many different permutations of how people describe themselves. And also, you know, I'm really pleased that we have men all over. We have um, our app. I don't know. I haven't talked about our app. We have eight and a, no, eight yeah. and a half thousand members across the globe. Um, of men from all different countries, all different backgrounds, all different places. And the one common thread is love. By the way, you find the app Tantra 4, number four gay men in Google or Apple or um, on the website and you'll find you'll find those links. That's so amazing. For anyone who is interested in Tantra, what are resources? What are some first steps for them? I mean, obviously your app and a lot of your work, those are amazing resources uh and then also a a follow-up question to that though do you have to have a partner to enjoy tantra or tantric practices including the sexual practices uh or can you be just an individual and and partake I get that question a lot. Let me let me do that one first. So I mean I work as a tantra teacher. I teach retreats um east west coast of the usa and in the uk i do weekends in around the usa and uk we also do a tantra festival in the uk different tantra events um and they are all designed for men who love men i have heterosexual men come bisexual men gay men um trans men any different permutation of men who love men are are, um invited into this space this is who who we are and what we do and 99% of people come on their own. So if you ever walk into a workshop, it's highly unlikely two partners would be there. And to be honest, I kind of, other than the festival, I actually recommend you don't come with your partner because if you're in a workshop and you're with your partner, you're always gonna be looking after your relationship. Whereas if you don't come with them, you can actually work on yourself. And that's the work that we wanna be doing within within that workshop interacting with other people in there so if somebody's interested in tantra there are all different kinds of variations of different tantric offerings um ingo and i have been blessed to serve i think over twelve thousand men in our years of teaching um and you know we plan to be doing that for at least the next decade um and if you feel a resonance with what we're doing um please look at our app download our free app down, um, have a look at our websites and you know inside the app there's like a free tantra library there's also some other nice things in our group we have a love check group where um there's like a team of like 40 volunteers so you never need to be alone you know that if you're having a shit day or maybe you're having a, a like a dark mental health period you know um, maybe you're questioning things actually these brothers will just listen to you, provide a free listening service and just listen to you. Um, And there's also a free library in the app 
Um, the way that we earn some money is um, inside the Apison Academy. And I'm linked to over 40 different teachers around the world. And we offer over 100 live Tantra, Tantra related workshops each month for just $25. So that's absolutely um, worth trying that out and see see what you think um and then you know in covid times as i said you know we're starting to start our in-person program from about july this year starting in the uk well jason tell them where can people find you and keep up with your wonderful work bless you so um the app is a good place tantra for gay men in the google or apple store you can also get to it on a web browser community.tantraforgaymen.com and our website is tantraforgaymen.com or .co.uk depending which side of the pond you are um, and all of the details are on there and um, on our website we have a live chat function as well so you can talk to me live on the website ask questions um and i aren't I, <laughs> one of my helpers i have a team in the background tyler and they plugged in this live chat thing for me and i was like oh that's good and now i'm answering questions <laughs> so i'm really happy to receive receive all of your questions on on in the live chat if you want to interact with me um but also think about the academy um over a hundred different Tantra type workshops each month. Um, you won't be bored. <laughs> That's incredible. And this has been so fun. I just thank you for chatting with me. I feel like I have learned several things about Tantra and Tantric sex. And I just so appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a joy. <laughs> What a fun chat, yeah? I hope you found it interesting, learned something, and maybe you now have something new you want to try. Here are my main takeaways. Number 1. Originating from Hinduism and Buddhism, Tantra is a set of practices to navigate people toward enlightenment. Number 2. Truth and love are one in the same thing. Number 3. Don't appropriate other people's shit. Learn the history and honor where it comes from. Number four. Tantra is unashamedly about learning one's truth. Number five. What kind of experiences, sexual or not, do you want to create? And how would you go about creating them? Number six. Tantric sex is sex with intention. I have posted links for Jason in the show notes. Please check him out. And if you want to reach out to me with questions, topic suggestions, or if you just want to talk to me about your spiritual journey or compliment me, I don't know. I always love hearing from you. You can reach me on social media at Have a Blessed Gay on all the platforms, or you can find my email in the show notes and on the website, haveablessedgay.com. Again, make sure you are subscribed, following, and please do leave that review. I love you, baby angels. Also remember, if you are ever struggling, I put helplines in the show notes, so please reach out if you need to. Just know this. You are special. You are purposeful. And you are fucking beautiful. Have a blessed gay, y'all.